Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Okay, so that was uh, Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk and Bones uh, singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I accompanied them for a moment. I was inspired. This is your host, Robert Mitchell, and this is episode 13 of High Tide in the Dreamtime. Uh, today's episode is called Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Um, Today's episode is in response to what I've been seeing a lot of, which is people trying to have a sense of who's trying to benefit from the coronavirus. Is it Bill Gates? Is it uh, the liberal left wing of the Democratic Party? Is it the Republicans who are trying to make Trump seem all powerful? Uh, is it the 1%? Is it the banks? Is it uh, some mystical uh, transformation that is being asked of all humanity? I mean, people want to know who's in charge. Who's responsible for this? Is it China? Because they created this in a lab or it started in a wet market and they didn't tell anybody in time? Well, Whatever it is, it's even more terrifying than any of those things. Because nobody's in charge of it. Nobody. And more than anything, what this has shown is that there's no leadership in the United States where there's this illusion that one person makes all the decisions and makes all the difference, although having somebody smart in that position would be helpful. But they're about to start reopening states. You can see that people are reopening states, that people are protesting for their ability to get exposed to the virus by their own will. Um, And luckily... A lot of those people are going to be off the voter rolls in November uh, because the uh, second wave of the virus, most likely it's going to be more deadly than the first. Um, but it really points to something in all our consciousness or, or in the narrative, the egoic narrative, which is what's the reason for this? Who's responsible for it? Who can I count on? Who can I make fix it? And it's a kind of chaos that harkens to a much deeper, deeper aspect of human experience. And it's the dreamlike nature of our lives, the dreamlike nature of reality that. We try and create a narrative about ourselves and about our lives and about our country 
and about our world that makes sense to us and is satisfying. But really, what we're experiencing now is a collective dream. And it's not going to be any more controllable than a dream is. And a dream emerges out of your unconscious, out of a collective unconscious, out of a quantum intelligence that wants you to know something that you don't presently know. And so there's no way, Joseph Campbell said, that you could no more predict what the new myth is, the emerging myth is, than you could control your dreams and determine what dreams you're gonna have this coming night. And the world of daylight, the world of CNN and Fox and the New York Times and politics and intellect, it's trying to create a narrative around what this is about. But it's emerging like a dream from a, from a much deeper collective, from a worldwide collective. And more likely than not, you can't find the meaning of a dream until after you have it. In fact, the snap judgment about what dreams are about is the ego's desire to maintain its autonomy and its hierarchical relationship with the rest of consciousness. And just like in that song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, life is like a dream. And for those who don't realize that until it comes to an end, that in fact it was a unstructured narrative that you were trying to make sense of the whole time, in real time, and more often than not, it's only looking back at your life that you can see what was really going on I think Schopenhauer talked about that. He talked about how uh, if you look back at your life, you can see the logic in it and you can see the changes and the turns and the twists that were ordained by fate. That at the time they were happening, you were just kind of like in the white water about to go over the rapids. And that's where we find ourselves. But really, that's where we find ourselves always. That's why it's good to have a boat <laughs> that you're rowing and you're going gently down the stream. Because if you notice the dreamlike nature of reality and realize that you can't see what's emerging, you can't panic, decide what's emerging in your life. I can't do it in my life. And we can't do it in the collective and we have to live in the unknowing. We have to tolerate the unknowing because I do, we do, you do, waste so much time trying to make sense of what's going on and fit it into a narrative. And in the end, that narrative all falls apart anyway. So the question is, 
how do we acknowledge our dreamlike nature and the dreamlike nature of our reality? You know, I've been fascinated by for many years by I guess lucid dreaming, but in its in its original in its orig- origination in uh, human consciousness where there were disciplines with it, it was Tibetan dream yoga. And in Tibetan dream yoga, it was a kind of yoga they they experienced their dreams they became awake in their dreams it's so hard to do you know i've i've read about it so i've read probably 50 books on it and i'm a big dreamer and in almost every book it says the thing that determines uh your capacity more than anything to become lucid in your dreams to become awake in a dream is the capacity to remember dreams and I've remembered and recorded and worked with about 8,000 dreams and I've probably been lucid four or five times. So that's how hard and how elusive it is. But the philosophy and the understanding behind Tibetan dream yoga, which I understand even though I've never really been that successful at doing it, is that if you awaken in the dream and change the dream with your will by knowing that you're awake. You go, oh, well, I'm at the top of Mount Everest. It's cold here. I'm alone. I think I'm going to go to Hawaii. And then you are able to shift the dynamics of the dream and find yourself on a beach in Hawaii. The accomplishment in that is not avoiding the discomfort. The accomplishment in that is realizing that consciousness precedes everything, including your dreams. That there's a consciousness that created that environment in your dream and that consciousness is you. It's not some foreign entity. It's not some meaningless uh, experience of indigestion that you had because you ate something too late at night. It's that there's an intelligence that's you that you're unfamiliar with, that's communicating with you. And in the moment in the dream, when you awaken and say, oh, this is my dream and I'm creating it and I can do whatever I want, which is beyond my skill at this point, except every decade or so. um, Once you're able to do that, you're then able to recognize those same dynamics in your own life. That the things that are happening aren't happening to you. They're happening through you. They're happening from you. And that you're can be, you can be in a much more dynamic relationship with that. I can be in a much more dynamic relationship with that. By seeing the malleability of things and the way that the best way to perceive the malleability of things is through not describing them and not trying to create a logos, a meaning in them. This is happening because this is happening because Bill Gates wants to make the vaccinations for COVID-19 and rule the world with his wealth or Jeff Bezos is behind it all 
because Amazon's going through the roof because everybody's having their stuff delivered. That is nonsense. That is grasping at straws. You know, there's a Hindu saying that in the Maya, a stick can often appear like a snake. And that is a lot what we do with our consciousness when we try and make sense of what's going on in the moment with only our the amount of information that we have, which is usually fairly limited. And our capacity to comprehend the dynamics behind what's happening. So rather than doing that, let's look at the dreamlike nature of our experience. Let's look at our origins, which are not from our parents which are not tied together by the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves, about what's happened up to this point. And so we can look at the next point or the emerging point as somehow in relation to that, as somehow an extent, a logical extension of it. That in fact, there are things happening spontaneously all around us that can be part of a new awareness and can be part of a new comprehension of what it means to be alive. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things to think about is how conditioned we are by our senses, by having a physical body, by our eyes, our ears, our nose, our touch, our taste. Everything comes to us through that, through our physicality. It conditions our brain to experience us and it conditions our brain to experience reality and has from the moment we were born. However, physics will tell you that 99% of existence is occurring outside that realm outside physical realm so you are conditioned in a i am conditioned in a very narrow aperture of experience and if you boil that down to your political beliefs and perceive the world through that you're making it even more narrow or your economic beliefs or your narcissistic fantasies about yourself and how you want to be perceived and understood by other people and interacted with. Reality is a chaotic situation. Life is a chaotic situation that in the end loses its integrity. No matter what you've done up to that point, you're going to lose the integrity of being able to organize your experience. Your biodegradable spacesuit is going to fall apart. And then you'll only be left with the consciousness that was operating through that. Life is way, way, way more like a dream. That's what Tibetan yoga, dream yoga says. That's what quantum physics says. It's in quantum physics, matter doesn't even exist. 
All that exists is energy. It's only our brain and only our organizing nervous system that makes things solid. And so much exists outside of that. And let's not block the fluidity of our awareness by continuing those habits. And with something that's happening now worldwide, let's not block its meaning and its ultimate logos about what it means to be human by deciding who's in charge of it or deciding what it means now. It's chaos. It's an emerging new organizing principle. It's like thermodynamics. There's no way to anticipate where it's going to go. So I don't want to pontificate too much more about this. But what I want to say is row your boat gently down the stream. See the dreamlike nature of what's happening. Know a lot of it is happening outside your capacity, my capacity to comprehend it. It's certainly happening outside the capacity of Donald Trump or Mike Pence or probably Joe Biden. And they all have this fantasy of egoic comprehension. That's what a president is. It's the ego that's in charge of the whole body. And we like to think that that person knows what's going on, but oftentimes he doesn't. Oftentimes I don't. And what I've known is that during the times of unknowing, I've had a better sense of it than when I've had an answer. So I think it's worth contemplating. I think it's worth contemplating the dreamlike foundations of reality and how you can perceive that in the moment and see it emerging in your moment, see it emerging in your dreams. Think, see if you can see that in your dreams tonight. And, but like the transfer is in Mahayana Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism, uh, transfer it to your life. See the dream-like foundation of reality and don't have to name it. Don't have to organize it. Don't have to decide what it means. Just observe it and see where your attention's drawn and what's emerging there and what new information is there because that's really what dreams are always trying to give you. They're always trying to give you new information that you don't, aren't currently privy to. And there's never a snap awareness of what that is. It always takes some work. So work at that. Work at perceiving the dream time, which is what this whole website or this podcast is about. Uh, you're, I also have some essays on my website at um, www.goingquantum.org uh, in, the, in the quantum musings that are similar to this talk I've given here. So if you're interested in what I was saying, you can find uh, essays that are, that are touching on these very subjects. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it's stimulating to your imagination. 
because I know it was stimulating to mind talking about this. All right, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from you and looking forward to seeing you next time. This is Robert Mitchell signing off at High Tide in the Dreamtime. Thank you. Bye-bye.